This is Westfair Business Buzz from Westfair Communications, publisher of the Westchester County Business Journal. I'm Peter Katz. White Plains Hospital has been offering alternative medicine where appropriate for patients. Acupuncture, yoga, recce massage, and nutritional counseling are just a few of the techniques being used to promote better health outcomes. I talked about alternative medicine with the medical director of White Plains Hospital, Dr. Michael Palumbo. One of the concepts that we wanted to put forth as we designed the cancer program, and we were fortunate enough to have a new building so that we were able to design it in a holistic way, was to really recognize that these patients end up spending um, a large percentage of their time in this building between the doctor's appointments and the treatments. So we really wanted to create an environment that was warm, and supportive and designed in a humanistic way. So that, and, and some of the alternative medicine programs that, that we put in place were an outgrowth of that, so I'll certainly focus in on that in a moment. But the building itself, um, the, the, the ground floor, the reception floor, is very open, but there are uh, private seating areas and comfortable seating. Um, we have live music certain days of the week. There's a healthy cafe there. We do various support groups there. We have a knitting club. We have um, various um, classes that our art therapist runs where people can just drop in right there in the lobby and sit down and um, learn a new skill or play a bit or, you know, do something joyous. So that was the, the concept for the overall uh, design of the physical plant for the cancer program. And then we started to think about ways in which um, we could start to tap into the various alternative medicine modalities because many of them have shown objective clinical evidence that they help people, whether it's with symptom control, um, some of them, depending upon the disease, um, are actually therapeutic in their own rights. Uh, many of them have beneficial effects when it comes to emotional stress and reducing depression and anxiety. So we wanted to start to introduce these as part of this embracing of, of the whole patient, if you will. Mm. So go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, how far does this extend now from cancer care into the main hospital? So it it, it varies, um, and I'll be happy as I as I talk about what we're doing to make sure I highlight that okay. if that works. Yeah. So. Um, the first thing that uh, I personally was very interested in and was a big advocate for was that we have acupuncture therapy available in the cancer center. We thus far have not extended that to the inpatient setting, but it is something that I am working towards. Um, acupuncture has been shown to be very helpful with um, chemotherapy-induced nausea. It's very helpful for reducing anxiety and promoting relaxation, and it also has been shown to be helpful for some of the toxicities that the nerves can experience as a side effect of chemotherapy, what we call neuropathy. Um, so, and there's a lot of good evidence that, uh, that it's beneficial. So we felt very strongly about bringing that in, and that's been a very successful program. Although in reality, um, 
the acupuncturist does not limit the patients that he sees in the outpatient setting to only cancer patients. Uh, he interestingly has treated a lot of the employees for a wide variety of conditions, and he is someone who has a practice in the community as well, so he has a very good reputation in the community. A lot of patients refer their friends, um, so it has uh, grown into not only uh, something that I think is appropriate for our cancer patients, but also um, offering community service and contributing to, to community wellness as well. So, it, Is the acupuncturist on staff or brought in? Um... Uh, he, he is on staff, So and, and um, there's actually two definitions of that word that are important from my perspective as medical director. So the first is that we have a medical staff, which doesn't um, require that someone be employed by the hospital. So we have lots of docs in the community, mm -hmm. for example, who aren't employed by the hospital, but right, they have right. to be medical staff members and go through a process of verifying their credentials and their privileges. So um, this individual is a member of the medical staff because he's rendering treatment to patients under our roof, uh, and therefore the State Department of Health requires him to be a privileged member of the medical staff. So uh, he, in fact, uh, is. Mm -hmm. um, we also have a program that we call Healing Touch, uh, which is um, technically a massage technique, but it's something that uh, our Department of Nursing runs, and they also use evidence-based techniques around acupressure, as well as certain elements of Reiki massage, uh, as well as certain elements of Swedish massage that is really directed mostly as a relaxation therapy, but it's been shown that these types of therapies are very effective at reducing pain in particular as a symptom, and that if patients are offered this, and part of it is not only rendering the technique, but also teaching the patient how to do it themselves to a certain extent, um, that these patients use far less pain medication because their symptoms are better controlled without it. Uh, and particularly in this day and age, with everyone's concerns around the opioid epidemic, uh, we're all very mindful of minimizing pain medication. Obviously, we, we certainly use what's necessary, but we're more mindful than we used to be. Uh, you know, Is that a, just a side effect, or does the hospital have a, have a, a real desire uh, to, to keep people off um, heavy-duty opioids when possible? Um, very good question. So, and there's a, a few layers to the answer. So, the most important thing, and, and this is the physician in me speaking, and I, I'm a primary care practitioner by training, so that I'm you know, very focused on general care of people. Uh, the truth is that what we have learned over pretty much the past 10 years as this thing has been blossoming is that... Um, we really were not necessarily, edu meaning physicians, were not educated properly uh, for those of us that trained 20 years ago, 30 years ago. We were really trained that um, people who were in pain did not become addicted and that, therefore, you should not worry about that. You should prescribe generously. And what we've subsequently learned, that the science indicates otherwise and that, 
most people are vulnerable to addiction if they're exposed and that even minimal amounts can be dangerous. So we should, of course, still make sure that we use them where appropriate, but we should be more judicious about alternative techniques and trying to minimize the risk of opioid addiction. So that's, to me, the base level in terms of how we should be caring for patients. But then beyond that, there are a lot of mandates, uh, certainly at the state level, in terms of what the Department of Health is looking for, um, some at the federal level in terms of how they're trying to approach control, uh, and then um, we're also accredited by the Joint Commission, which is a, a national body that looks at uh, quality of care, and they have put a number of regulations in place so that we are beholden to a certain extent to make sure that we are adopting um, these regulations in terms of how we manage these things. Although, and, and part of my job as medical director of the hospital is to worry about regulations, but that's not my primary motivator. It's, it's what's the best thing for the patients. And, um, and, and I, I must say that the data that's coming out now in terms of the number of opioid prescriptions that are being written across the country, as well as the quantity that's being dispensed with each prescription, is coming down dramatically, so it's working. Uh, the physicians are being re-educated. I think patients are being re-educated. And uh, there's a heightened awareness of this, so I think the efforts are, are uh, paying off. The Healing Touch, that is a program that is offered for both inpatients as well as outpatients. Um, and there is an additional component to that, which you might want to list as an additional program, around aromatherapy, um, really? which is a very good adjunct. As a matter of fact, our nurses uh, completed a study looking at um, post-operative nausea incidents uh, after anesthesia and the impact of using, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was lavender inhalation. And their results were so impressive, they actually were invited to a national conference to present the information so that that's become a standard part of what we do uh, after surgery now. Uh, and it's also very helpful for cancer patients as well. Uh, so that's another program that bridges the inpatient and outpatient setting. And it's, it's generally the healing touch nurses that are incorporating aromatherapy when they visit with the patients. So that's very helpful. Uh, you mentioned the pet therapy. Yeah. Um, that's a wonderful program. Uh, I can't tell you how patients love it. And, 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 and in fairness to our um, uh, brother and sister hospitals around us, it really has become fairly commonplace. It's a well-established modality so that I think you'll find most hospitals have a pet therapy program. Um, I'm particularly proud of ours. The, uh, the, the dogs that come and, and volunteer their time are very well-trained uh, and just beautiful creatures. And, and uh, I see it all the time when I walk around on the nursing units and stop and talk to patients how appreciative they are of that. What, what kind of feedback do you get uh, from patients, uh, first of all, uh, on this? And secondly, was, was there skepticism you had to overcome from uh, uh, the staff? 
Sure. So um, we, we do end up getting feedback in a variety of, of different formats. Um, obviously, these days, everyone sends customer satisfaction surveys. The federal government actually requires us, the hospital industry, to send them, and, and there's a specific survey that's required. Uh, but patients have the opportunity to write comments in, and we commonly see patients specifically mentioning um, the dogs and, and how helpful that was to them. Uh, occasionally, patients will write us, well, not, I shouldn't say that. We commonly get letters from patients um, specifying particular nurses or staff or doctors, you know, that were so helpful to them. Uh, but on occasion, they also mention the dogs, which always brings a smile to my face. Um, and then I get feedback from, it just so happens that the, the volunteer office is right across the hallway from mine, so that I frequently run into the handlers for the dogs, um, and they, knowing that I'm a big fan of this, they will frequently stop and tell me what patients said that day um, about the dogs. So um, I've never heard a negative comment, and, and, uh, and it's wonderful to hear the positive ones. As far as the staff acceptance, uh, and again, this goes back some time. I think this program has been in place for certainly more than 15 years, and probably close to 20. Um, so back then, because it was a new concept, people were concerned about is this is an, if this is an infection control issue. Mm -hmm. You know, are dogs clean enough? Right. Should they be licking patients' faces? Uh, and they actually trained the dogs not to lick people. But, um, but again, there was enough information in the literature um, that it, in fact, was not a concern, and there were such lovely benefits that the patients gleaned uh, that it, it outweighed any concerns, and, and again, pretty much everybody has adopted it. It's a, it's a lovely and, thing. And, and what, what about the alternative medicine overall? What, again, what kind of patient feedback, what kind of staff resistance or staff uh, welcoming this result? Um, well, starting with the staff, um, I'm just, I, I'd written up a few notes knowing I was going to talk to you about some of the other programs that we were doing. In looking at them, I can't say that there was resistance to any of them. And I think some of that is sort of the cultural environment that we're living in. You know, in, in the, the media, we're hearing more and more about wellness mm -hmm. um, as opposed to disease management. So that, you know, I, I think people are a little bit more open-minded towards that. But um, so I can't say we've seen a lot of staff resistance. Uh, in terms of direct feedback on individual modalities, I certainly have seen some positive patient comments in writing, um, well, definitely around acupuncture, uh, not uncommonly around the healing touch aromatherapy program. Um, but then some of the other things, and, and I should probably list them out for you because you asked me that for that before. Um, we do have yoga classes, as you mentioned. Um, we have various support groups, um, particularly in the, the cancer programs, and those are often sorted by specific cancer types. So there's a specific breast cancer support group, for example. We also have support groups uh, for heart failure patients, uh, which has a lot of emotional burden with it as well, uh, and those are very helpful to people. We do guided meditation classes, which are well attended. Uh, we offer... Um, 
nutritional counseling, but not in the traditional medical sense of nutritional counseling, because there's a lot of information uh, on the web which cancer patients tend to um, be very knowledgeable and, and try to educate themselves. And there's a lot of, unfortunately, misinformation there, uh, but there's also some uh, promising information around um, nutritional contribution to healing from cancer so that we have focused counseling around that. Um, this is probably straddling uh, what we would consider traditional medical therapy and alternative medical therapy, but we have a particularly strong uh, palliative medicine department here um, that I've built this team not necessarily intentionally, but this is the way it turned out. They are exclusively nurse practitioners who are medical staff members because they're rendering care to patients, uh, so they have specific privileges. But I think the nursing perspective in terms of that background before they became practitioners um, layers on a, a certain level of compassion and empathy um, that's more pronounced. Um, so that's been a big asset. Uh, we are actually just in the final stages of creating a dedicated, what I would call behavioral health oncology program, which is a fancy way of saying uh, um, psychiatric services for patients um, uh, with cancer that are, are suffering with significant anxiety and depression. That will be along shortly. Again, I'm not sure that's really alternative medicine. Um, but uh, it's, it's in that sort of gray zone in between uh, uh, just worrying about what chemotherapy you're offering and really taking responsibility for the patient in a holistic way and trying to help them with all of their needs. And finally, since we're running out of time, um, what is your message to, uh, to the people of Westchester about White Plains Hospital adopting these alternative medicine techniques? I would say that we are very mission-driven, uh, and that mission is to take the highest quality care of our community of patients. And towards that, we believe that uh, taking care of patients holistically and trying to offer them, I hate to use the word therapy, uh, but I'll use the word therapy to meet the complexities of dealing with illness that we have been open-minded to incorporating alternative medicine programs that have been demonstrated to be effective uh, in, in helping with these therapies and that we continue to be open-minded, looking for new opportunities, asking for feedback from our patients, and hopefully continuing to uh, develop this holistic approach. Join us again for Westfair Business Buzz.